Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. It's giant season. Giant season. I love that. I'm on my Gabe Knox and Toby on this one. You hear that, John? Yeah. Don't tell me you winning. We already won. Get in the Senate. Get demons to run. I don't believe it because we got the sun. Too many people. We got in your son. That's why we fight, laugh, feast. Yeah, we fight, laugh, feast. Yeah, that's why we fight, laugh, feast. Yeah, we fight, laugh, feast. Don't tell me you winning. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Water Break with Waterboy and comedian John Branion. I pointed that way because he's on my TV screen over here. Even though he's back here, he's over here also. Um, you know, John, uh, last three weeks ago, I think when we last recorded, maybe two weeks ago, uh, we last recorded before we went to our conference. I'm going to turn this down. There we go. Um, and uh, we asked everybody who's listening to the show, put in the comment notes, put in the notes, comment in the notes, uh, what should John Brannion's nickname be on the, on the show? You know, you got Waterboy and you got John Brannion. We need, we need a, we need a nickname. And then, oh. speak again. I had you off. <laughs> Hold on. So there it is. You okay. Good? You're, you're live now. That was I my got fault. An awesome microphone. That's, so you didn't hear any of that stuff. I was asking what what psalm you were playing at the beginning. Oh no, I didn't hear any of that stuff. <laughs> so, but your lips were moving, but I didn't see it. I know. Okay. That was that that were, you, were your jokes just on fire? Uh, I can't use. Yeah, I was unconscious, but I can't duplicate it. <laughs> I can't get back in the zone. My my so bad. Th- you're asking for nicknames. Yeah. So we we ask people for nicknames in the comment sections mm-hmm. on um, YouTube is normally where we have the most streams and that's where normally where we hang out during the live show uh thursdays at 5 p.m um and well a bunch of people put your put nicknames in there some fun ideas for you yeah and and then we got kicked off youtube so i can't i can't see the nicknames man (laughs) because of the nicknames is that what did it because i don't yeah maybe it was (laughs) Like these YouTube's like these nicknames are dumb. So you guys can actually catch us on Run Rubble right now. Um, you can watch us live on the app. So if you pull up the Fight Laugh East app in your store, you can actually watch us live on the app. And right now we're kind of canceled on YouTube until November twentieth or something like like sometime in November. 
Uh, grief. It, well, what's funny, John, I think I told you this um, already, but like the first video that they canceled uh, on us, uh, that we got canceled on, was a video that we did back in like February. So someone went in the archives, found a video they didn't like, and then suspended us for seven days. And then within a week later, they found another video, and then they suspended us to November. So that was two strikes within, uh, what, two weeks or something. I think it's three strikes in 90 days, and you're out. So what we did was, this is actually really important. I haven't, we, haven't, we need to talk about this on the show. Um, what we did was we opened up an Odyssey account, and it's important, Odyssey, which is spelled O-D-Y-S-E-E.com, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com. And we just uploaded all our historical live, uh, all our all our historical shows on odyssey.com uh, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so now, if anybody wants to find our past shows with all, you know, all past four or five years of shows, you got to go to odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com. The reason why I spell Odyssey out is because you can't Google search it. Google has blacklisted Odyssey. Not sure why, but if you... You know, odyssey.com. Is, you guys are on it. That's why probably, everything, probably. everything you touch gets canceled. <laughs> How have you not figured that out yet? John, you think, you think this is going that direction. We haven't had any problems until you came on our network. Mm-hmm. All I can say is my YouTube account is still up and functioning. So <laughs> you, you win, you win. So, but I, yeah. so odyssey spelled O D Y S E E.com. That's where you go. But I, you know, Forget how they spell Odyssey because it's an odd spelling, right? Two E's kind of thing, whatever. Um, and so I'll type in like O D, you know, Y S E, and it won't in, in the Google search box, and it won't come up. Like the it won't come up. I you have to you have to put it in just right for the Google search box to to pick it up. So the SEO search engine um, capabilities uh, to get to Odyssey is really bad. So you really need to know the website O D Y S E E dot com to get all our archives mm-hmm. and everything. So. Go to DuckDuckGo. Just use that. That's I haven't tried it. That's a, that's actually a good point. I haven't tried it on DuckDuckGo to see what would happen. Ta- try that. Ta- yeah, I'm type it right, right now. now. Let me let me know let me what, what happens, happens right now. Uh, so while while John's O-D-Y. bringing that up, oh, you just just do it. O D Y S E. Okay, just do that. See what comes up. Um, uh, y'all, we also have Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, coming on uh, uh, next segment uh, to talk about StopTheVaxMandate.com. Some fat, fantastic work that Robert is doing there to help. Uh, companies who are going to be, you know, filling the OSHA pressure to make sure all the pl- employees are vaccinated. Stop the vaxmandate.com. That's two X's, vaxmandate.com. Uh, so stick around for Robert in, in that interview. What did you find out, John? Well, it actually, if you type in O D Y S E yep. into, uh, well, let's see. <laughs> I actually put it in, in Google and I didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> it didn't come up, did it? No, it didn't come up. Yeah. But if you do it in DuckDuckGo, O-D-Y-S-E, and you hit search, then it will... Does it come up? Uh, yeah, it comes up number three. O-D-Y-S-E-E comes up on the third. The first two are ads for the Honda Odyssey. That's okay. And then and then you've got O-D-Y-S-E. So it comes so up it's actually on number one. Go. It's actually number one if it's not an ad right. buy. That's great. That's right. crazy. That's good to know. I wonder why Google um, shadow blacklist or whatever they're they're doing there. Probably just coincidence. <laughs> Very much. There's probably so, probably so, nothing untoward going on there. So, John, we just came off the conference, Five Laugh East conference. What were your what was your quick take on a uh, on the conference? 
last well, week? Well, I have just, just in the last um, day or two, the Shekinah glory has faded to the point where I actually am visible on camera. <laughs> That's why we waited till Thursday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I was, it was literally blowing out the camera. I was shining so brightly from coming uh, from the, it was a, it was a fantastic conference. Yeah. Uh, I met a bunch of new friends. We, uh, we had a lot of laughs. We sang a bunch of Psalms. Yeah. We uh, got, we got fired up with a bunch of excellent uh, speakers. I, yeah. I, I loved every, every minute of it. Yeah. And it was and actually one of the fun things that we end up doing together. I like being on stage with you, by the way. I it's, really do. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we did, we did a marriage game. Uh, at mm-hmm. the Sabbath dinner where you hosted a marriage game uh, with uh, three couples, me mm-hmm. and my wife, um, A.D. Robles, his wife, and then Rhett and his wife um, mm-hmm. all up all up on the stage. And, and you were, you were kind of trying to sow some discord on that marriage game. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's the whole point of the marriage game. <laughs> you get people up there and you ask them a bunch of questions and it's kind of embarrassing, but it's, it's, it was fun. Every every aspect of the conference was fun, and if you were not there, um, then I, I don't I don't know what to say. We did try to warn them. Remember? Yeah, we did. How we warned them from the bottom of our heart. If you don't show up, then there's going to be a bunch of regret yep. that's going to require maybe years to work through, <laughs> and we don't want that for you. But you know, it, it is what it is. How long? How long? So, for you guys who don't know, you know, John does stand up. But then um, he's actually kind of a versatile comedian. Um, he hosted this marriage game on uh, uh, after our Sabbath feast on Saturday night uh, up on stage, and it was it was a lot of fun. How long you kind of how long have you been doing that marriage game? Oh, um, I've been doing it for not not regularly, but on and off yeah. for a number of years, probably seven or eight years. Um, I can't believe you get paid to do that stuff, man. That's great. I cannot believe I get paid to do that either. But it's, I don't get paid for that. I get, I, I do that for free. I get paid for all of the hardship that I have to endure getting to shows, all of the planes and yeah, and rental cars and all of that. That's what I get paid for. Right. Everything else is free. Right. It feels free at that point, huh? Um, yeah. Well, you know, the other thing about our conference, um, so last year, um, you know, I was arrested on September 23rd and then we had our first ever conference. That's right. Oh, Happy oh. anniversary, by the way. Thank you. It's today. My, my, it's today. My yeah. cell block. I made, you a, I made you a cake. Prison and cake. It has, it has a file in it. Yeah. I was going to say, it better have a shank in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured you'd break out before you had to shank anybody. So <laughs> I don't know what to do with a file. I need a, I need a <laughs> sharp objects. You your nails. <laughs> That's right. Um, and three weeks after my rest was our first ever annual conference in uh, Tennessee in October. That was October, you know, September 20, 30th or 1st and 2nd, I think, last year of uh, September, October. And so this conference was in September, and uh, my rest wasn't on my uh, – the, the, the one-year anniversary wasn't on my mind just because we were so busy with the conference and everything that going on. But then I came back, and I was like, oh, Oh my goodness! You know this is we're coming up on the on the year of this happening, and I'm I'm still tied up in federal courts with my city on this mm-hmm. thing, and and so I I wanted to um, kind of do my monologue on this, 
and I'll get to the reasons why. So you're going to have to hold off on why I think it's important to kind of walk through this all over again. And, and John, did you, did you know me last? Did we know each other or, or no, did you know? Well, I knew you, okay. I knew you, but you didn't know me yet. Okay. Because I went through a period where I was stalking all of you Moscow Christchurch okay. people and cross politics. And so I knew who you were okay. and I wasn't surprised. And actually my, my daughter, Amanda, um, sent me a note when all of that was going down. She said, look what our people are up to. And she sent me a link to the video of you being arrested, but wow. she, re- she was already referring to you as our people. Wow. back then. That's, um, that's great. So today, today, September 23rd, is the one-year anniversary of my arrest. And I, I was also arrested along with uh, uh, Sean Bonet and Rachel Bonet. And if, if you're new to the show, and we've actually had a lot of new listeners uh, to the show, um, I just want to review, just kind of summarize what happened. We, we keep referring to my arrest like it's a little pet or something. I, I mm-hmm. don't, it, it's not a pet. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not identified no. by it at all. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was, I was arrested in Gabe. Yeah. I was arrested for singing Psalms and protesting our city's unconstitutional emergency order. And that order was it required citizens to wear a mask where you could not stand six feet apart. That was the emergency order. So, um, yeah, you, you, you heard me six feet apart. No scientific study was needed for that they just told you you got to stand an arbitrary six feet apart or you had to wear a mask and my mayor and city council created this emergency order that contradicted their own oath of office in our constitution they violated their oath to protect and defend our nation's constitution the cops arresting me violated their oath to defend and protect the constitution our city prosecutors um they don't care about the truth about truth and justice and our nation's constitution, and uh, you know, stick around because I want to. I want to get to some of these things. So the the quick summary was uh, they started this um, mask mandate in July, July first, um, where you had to wear a mask where you couldn't stand six feet apart out in public. Just it, it still blows my mind that we're that they did that. Um, and so my church would go sing psalms in Friendship Square, kind of in the middle of downtown, and protest the mask mandate and say, "No, you don't have the authority. Tell me what to put on my face." or how far apart to stand, arbitrarily, whatever it is. Uh, and then uh, they extended the mask mandate a couple times. We protested it a couple times. And then on September 21st, the city council um, came and voted, and they extended the mask mandate. And so on September 23rd, we are like, hey, let's go do another psalm sing, which we did. And uh, on September 23rd uh, was where I was arrested. So um, uh, we were singing psalms, the Cop walked up to us and asked me for my driver's license, and the rest is history. Um, I told him, officer, you need, to, <laughs> you need to protect the Constitution, not this stupid emergency order. And how silly is even to say that. It took about four months. After I got arrested and released from jail, um, it took about four months for the judge to dismiss the criminal case against me. During that time, they finally asked for my lawyer to write up a letter of dismissal. So, like, all these lawyer fees are racking up. They're playing all these games, and they're just taking their sweet time. And they asked for a letter of dismissal from my lawyer, finally. Uh, and then they proceed. And then after they got our letter, that kind of informed them how they needed to write their letter. And then they wrote their letter of dismissal and presented their letter to the judge. 
uh, talking to my lawyers, I like I've talked to a bunch of lawyers about this case, and nothing sounds um, normal about it. And then uh, the judge finally dismissed my case on January 9th, Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. So I was arrested on September 23rd. They finally dismissed it on January 9th, Saturday afternoon. Do judges even work on Saturday afternoon, John? I mean, I don't, know. I, I don't think so. I, you know, but whatever they, um, they I wouldn't if I was a judge. I think, I uh, yeah, exactly. If you were, if you were a judge, um, I think you'd make a great judge, John. This, this was all done for political purposes. I think to kind of make sure that my dismissal had as little publicity as possible. So they're kind of burying it. And, and now that my case was dismissed, you would think that my mayor or council would reach out and, and make things right. You would, you would think, you know, yeah, we messed up. Sorry for having you arrested. Our bad. Our our <laughs> our city officials st- stubbornly held to their silence and and arrogantly kind of avoided accepting any wrongdoing for their actions. And, and I'll get to my reasons for why I'm pointing some of this stuff out. Um, the weeks following my arrest, I released a Facebook post telling my community that I would have happily forgiven our mayor and our city council for breaking their constitutional oaths. And happily, kind of, you know, forgiven them for having me wrongfully arrested, but no, not one city council member or mayor reached out to me. It was just the weirdest thing. I'm like, like, there's the elephant in the room, and no one mm-hmm. wants to talk about the elephant, what just happened, and and they wouldn't, they wouldn't reach out to me. And so, I I think it it kind of left me no other choice um, but to um, take my city. Um, to federal court, and that's where we're at right now. Um, the federal court is is my appeal to hear my grievances. Like no one's going to hear my grievances locally. The judge played politics with it. The prosecutor played, you know, they all played politics with it. And so the my only um, voice I have in this with the courts is with the federal court. So I'm in the middle of a federal lawsuit right now um, because because the leaders wouldn't reach out to me. They wouldn't address. They wouldn't accept any wrongdoing for what happened. And so um, my local officials, they still remain silent, and, and they're actually um, – there's still shenanigans going on, even in the federal courts. Um, for example, uh, one of the shenanigans that's going on right now is the city is going after my friends who were protesting my arrest and have been in a year my, – my friends have been in a year-long battle with my city. So what happened was my friends, um, Nate and his kids, printed up stickers. Stickers. The hammer, the sticker gate. You heard about the sticker gate? Yep. Yep. Uh, what are you doing about sticker gate, John? What am I doing about it? I think well, you need to do something. I I don't have any stickers. Otherwise, I would be dutifully slapping them up in Kokomo and confusing everybody <laughs> about what what is this about? <laughs> I actually I should get some stickers. That would be really fun to yeah to see what. What sort of trouble I could bring down on myself for that? That's funny. They, um, the stickers had the hammer. So we're in the city of Moscow. It's not pronounced Moscow, mm-hmm. but it had hammer and sickle on it, and it said "Welcome to the city of Moscow." And at the bottom, it said "Enforced because we care," with a hammer and sickle in the middle. The "Enforced mm-hmm. because we care" was literally the city slogan that they used in marketing materials to get everybody to wear a mask. Right. That was their slogan. And so um, my buddy's <laughs> kids woke up at like 3 a.m. one morning and went and uh, tagged stickers in friendly downtown businesses. But they also tagged a couple city polls. 
um, a city polls. And apparently, there's a city code against putting stickers on city polls. Um, mm-hmm. But they tagged city polls where all the stickers, a bunch of stickers were on the city poll, and they're just right. one of the stickers among thousands, you know, hundreds of stickers right. on the city poll kind of thing. Right. And so the cops cite, you know, Nate and his sons. And so now Nate and his sons are in a year-long battle with um, my city still. I mean, like, they should have gone to trial by now. The city keeps extending it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so that just shows you that they, they don't really care about the truth of my case. They're literally prosecuting or trying to prosecute the, the, my friends who are protesting my unconstitutional arrest. Um, so no, and, and also no citizen wants to be in a, in a lawsuit with their own city. I sure don't, I sure don't want, want this. No citizen wants to take their, their city to federal courts, but my city leaders have egregiously walked all over the constitution on this, trampling on, on our religious rights, our free speech, our right to assemble and our right to petition and left me no choice, but to take my city leaders to court. I've said this to them. I've released public statements about this. Um, and this is what they've done and what they fell to make right. And thank God I still have a process of appealing my grievances to the federal courts. And I also just want to point out, um, you know, thank goodness um, that there was video footage there and that people could see what happened there. Um, if, if it didn't blow up like it did, President Trump tweeting at Fox News and all this stuff, if it didn't blow up like it did, um, I think the city would have just tried to snuff it out quietly, leave it alone, go home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- thank God for social media. Here's some details. You might laugh about some of this, John. Um, I'm I'm still I'm still reeling from you saying thank God for social media. I'm not <laughs> sure I've ever heard you say that before. I know. I know. It, right now, it has we're canceled on YouTube right now. Dude, it's kind of a little <laughs> ironic. And and here's some details that um, are rather silly. Also, in all this, our mayor originally shut down the city of Moscow um, back on March 20th. So they did that, you know, crush the curve two week shutdown thing. Hey, all, all we need to do is shut things down for two weeks and we'll be, we'll, we'll crush that curve. Um, and when he did that, he literally multiple times drove three miles out into the County of Moscow and uh, played golf at Elks Lodge and was drinking beer with all his buddies out there. So he shut down all the downtown businesses, all the restaurants and everything. And then he went and played golf and drank beer just literally three miles outside of city limits. Mm-hmm. Like and of the city of Moscow uh, to drink beer because, you know, the virus, right? Um, right. And then at the same time, our city council continued to receive their paychecks, um, you know, taxpayer-funded paychecks, while my buddy's business in, in Moscow had to shut down and he couldn't, you know, welcome people, serve food, and so forth. He couldn't make money. Um, you know, this, what kind of pandemic are we in when the city council and the political leaders can make money to provide for their families and yet, you know, my my friends can't make money to provide for their families. That's what, what what's going on there. Um, and then our, after they kind of opened things back up and whatever, um, on July 1st, our mayor and city council put in place the unconstitutional mask and social distancing mandate that I eventually got arrested under on September 23rd. This emergency order was an emergency order um, that, uh, again, you, you had to wear a mask or you had to stand six feet apart. That That's the order. That's as silly as it gets. During this emergency order, I met with our chief of police and, our, and some of our local city leaders. 
I like I t- I went to him. I asked him. We met. I, you know, I was in communication, trying to be like, "Hey guys, this is bad. You know, you need to stand against this order." I told the chief police straight up, like, "You need to stand against this order." And um, and and I took all that initiative. But during this mandate, our mayor officiated a wedding without wearing a mask and without social distancing. I get, I sent the city council pictures. I was like, "Hey, here here you go. Why don't you have the mayor arrested? You know, for this." Um. And, and of course their argument was, well, it was a private event in a private backyard. Um, and I was like, well, well, okay, whatever. The mayor doesn't believe social distancing and mass work. That's all that shows. He doesn't, he's not wearing a mask. He's in a big gathering, a big wedding and the reception or the, uh, the, um, wet re- wedding rehearsal dinner two nights before he was at that, you know, hanging out, not wearing a mask, not social distancing. Um, and so you, they just don't really believe it, it, what they're doing worked anyways. But maybe you know. it wasn't. I thought the data showed early on, though, that public events, that the coronavirus was only spread during public events and that it had the temerity that the virus actually knew when it wasn't invited to private events and would respect their privacy. It, it's a, it's got some AI. The virus got some yeah. AI. I thought there was data about that, but maybe not. I mean, there was a lot of confusing information, and maybe I was, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So, John, last week the Emmys um, happened, and it was uh-huh. a big indoor event in LA, in the city of LA, and no one, no one was wearing a mask, no one was social distancing, and the Emmys happened, <laughs> aired on national TV, and afterwards, right. everyone like pointed out the hypocrisy. Of because LA is shut down right now. You can't, you got to wear a mask where you can't social distance you, you, indoors. You got to wear a mask indoors. Yeah. And so the LA health department came out with a statement and said, Oh, the Emmys was exempt. Yeah. We, no one was wearing a mask. No one was social distancing. You know what else? No one was doing watching the Emmys. <laughs> That's right. That, that is hands down. Correct. I didn't, but I did catch the, uh, the funny hypocrisy later. Um, so, um, uh, so the mayor does this whole wedding stuff. I still get arrested. You know, um, my church gathers September 23rd. Uh, the, the, I was standing next to my mom and a friend, um, uh, Tyler when I got arrested and, uh, when they were arresting me, my mom kept saying, Hey, just, 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 just do what they want you to do. You know? And I'm like, mom, it's okay. I, I, I got it. You know, mom's, mom's being a good mom. She doesn't want problems to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and so they, I, you know, I told the cop, I was like, you know, he asked for my driver's license and I, I didn't even respond to that question because it wasn't a legitimate question. I'm practicing my first amendment rights. I don't, um, this is what I'm doing. No, I'm not recognizing that question. So the cop kept trying to talk to me and I, I just, and he asked me for my driver's license multiple times. And I said, I was, man, you have a duty to, to defend my constitutional rights. Like you're on the, you're on the wrong side of this question here. And so he, he said, I'm asking you one more time. And then he proceeded to arrest me. And as he's arresting me, he's, he's not taking away a Molotov cocktail. He's, he's taking away my Cantus, my, my hymn book, right? <laughs> which, which could be argued as like a different Molotov cocktail. It's a different kind. They just don't know the power of you do wage war with it. That's amen. That's right. And so he takes away my, my handbook and handcuffs me. And, and thank goodness is kind of literally in front of the world to see. So that's what happened for those who are kind of new um, to, to, to watch and cross politic in the network. Um, and, and now I want to just end here with this. Why, why 
did I bring it up this year? Why am I making a big deal out of it? Why did I, um, my, my buddy Marcus Pittman, he said we should call September 23rd Defy Tyrants Day, turn it into a national Defy Tyrant holiday, mm-hmm. which I actually think there, there's uh, something to that. Um, but I want to, I want to talk about why am I making a, a, a big deal about this? Why do I keep, why do I keep bringing it up? Well, first, um, the mayor and city council violated a citizen's right to practice their religion, their right to assemble, their right to a petition, and the right to free speech. That's big. Um, right in front of the whole world, they they thought that their emergency order usurped the Constitution. That's what they were arguing, that this order carries greater gravity than the Constitution. That's that's amazing. Um, secondly, it took the city four months to dismiss my case, as I already pointed out, and the judge that dismissed my case on Saturday afternoon at 4, 4 p.m. Um, is just as complicit at trying to hide the city's actions, and the judge is just as involved in covering up the citizens' right to practice and exercise the First Amendment. So, Everybody from the mayor to the city council to the city prosecutor to the city supervisor to the chief of police to the judge were all involved in the political shenanigans that went on. And so that needs to be made a big – we need to make a big deal of those kind of things. Thirdly, mm-hmm. my mayor and city council have still not reached out to me to resolve any of this mess. And that, that could have been – that just could have been so easy. I don't – John, I don't, I don't understand – I can't comprehend why um, people wouldn't reach out when when their leadership did this. It, it kind of blows my mind. Fourthly, the city is now going after my friends, as I mentioned earlier, and his sons for posting stickers in protest of my arrest. So if the city is, city is serious about making things right, then they would not be going after those who protested my unlawful arrest. That's So the city's kind of like doubling down going after mm-hmm. Nate and his kids with regarding the pro- protesting of my arrest. And then uh, lastly, our nation's constitution is under attack at the federal, state, and local level, and, and there is tyranny running all the way through everything. With Joe Biden, um, with here in Idaho, our governor still has access to his emergency powers. His emergency powers are still available to him, and they have been the whole year. The Constitution, the Idaho Constitution says 30 days, uh, and then can be extended another 30 days. But for whatever reason, he thinks there's a loophole that he can have unlimited emergency powers. That's egregious. And it's unfortunate that our local officials and our chief of police and that our city officials did not stand up to defend our constitutional rights. And when this happens, it's important you know, citizens, we're the last line of defense. If the cops aren't going to stand up for our constitutional rights, if the sheriff is not going to be there, if the mayor is not going to be there, well, eventually the citizens have to do something to defend our constitutional rights. And so uh, that is why um, I made kind of a big deal out of it this year. I posted a live feed earlier this morning where I was at City Hall, um, where I was arrested, and I showed – in the video I showed where I was arrested, where the cops stood, and, and all that stuff. Um, just uh, um, And you guys can still catch it. It's on my Facebook page um, uh, later. But 
what what do you think, John? I mean, I, you know, like I can, my, me and my wife we were talking last night. She's like, you know, do you need do we need to keep kind of making a big deal about this? Um, and 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 uh, you know, that's kind of what I kind of came up with. But what do you think about this whole thing? You remember when Paul and Silas were in prison and uh, they got they got beaten and they got flogged and they got thrown in prison and then the uh, the officials that had them in prisons came along afterwards and different from your officials, they did actually go, well, you know what? We, uh, we may have been a little hasty yeah. here. Uh, so, but you're free to go. You know, you guys are free to go. Yeah. Remember what Paul did? Remember Paul said, yeah, you guys are going to march us out of here. That's um, right. you know, in broad daylight, we're not, we're not sneaking out the back door. That's and, right. uh, and they need to know, come gonna... and talk to him. Then he asked for the city officials basically to come yes. and apologize basically. Right. Yeah. Right. He said, I'm a Roman citizen. You guys have botched this and, uh, we are going to make a big deal out of it. And, uh, so I think that you're, I, I think you're justified. I think Paul, Paul did it for, um, ultimately for the glory of of God um, and the fact that he he pointed out that the officials were tyrants and right. he he basically made them own their tyranny. You guys That's broke right. the law, not me, and so you are going to you, you are going to um, make this right, right because I don't want this to to splash back on the church. Right. And I think that's what Paul was afraid of. I think Paul was was concerned that if he snuck out the back door, then the rumor would be, oh, you remember those guys, those those guys talking about this this movement, this Jesus Christ character? Right. They got thrown in jail. I wonder what ever happened to them. Right. Well, good riddance to them. And he didn't want that to be a black mark on the church. Right. And so he made it a big deal. Yeah. That's a that's a great great point, John. You know, um one of the uh uh things that have been going on in, in September also beyond my my arrest, whatever you want to call it, um, is Norm McDonald passed away. Mm-hmm. And when Norm passed away, I always liked Norm. Um, I loved his weekend updates and all that stuff. Um, but I, I'd kind of forgotten about him a little bit. You know, he kind of, I mean, he's kind of retired the last couple of years um, mm-hmm. and kind of lived out his, uh, through his cancer pretty quietly. Um, and everything, but, uh, I thought it would be appropriate to kind of do kind of a tribute to Norm McDonald and, and do his top 10 list. Um, you know, what was, what was some of your favorite <laughs> moments, uh, with, uh, before we get into the top 10 list, what was some of your favorite moments of Norm McDonald? Uh, I have many, I was a fan of Norm McDonald's. He was in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, and he actually did a movie where called Dirty Work that has a moment in it that is hands down one of my favorite moments of in any movie ever. Okay. And he, he uh, yeah, it, it, go get the movie. He goes to prison too. It's interesting that this is that this is what we were talking about because Norm goes to prison. It's a thing. And uh, he has an encounter with some of the inmates. And, uh, and his reaction to that encounter is, is classic. Um, it's not something that you would necessarily watch. Dirty work is not something you would watch with children. Um, but it's a pretty funny movie. And, uh, that's one of my Norm Macdonald, but he was utterly fearless. He, um, was the weekend update guy on Saturday night live and he was far and away the most popular Mm -hmm. because he was just 
reckless and bold and and silly. You know, I remember one of his weekend update stories. He says, um, and he would always take like actual headlines from the news. And right. So there was a guy that got arrested for climbing up the outside of a building like in Manhattan or something like that. And so he puts the picture up there and he goes, arrested for a, um, a man who calls himself snake man was arrested for climbing up the outside of the world trade center. He shinnied right up the outside of that building, just like a snake. And then he would just <laughs> move on. The dude called himself snake man and climbed up the outside of a building. But that was, you know, Norm had a, an eye for the absurd, and he was utterly fearless. Yeah. Um, he got kicked off of Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? Fired. Okay. Yeah. Fired from Saturday Night Live because he would not stop doing O.J. Simpson jokes. <laughs> and they warned him. They said, you know, it's it's too much. One of the guys who was the executive producer for SNL was friends with O.J. Oh, wow. And so it, so it annoyed them. Uh-huh. And he wouldn't stop. He, he was warned, and he just did more O.J. jokes, and so they can't. He ramped it up. Yeah, he got canceled. That's funny. So one of um, my favorite um, moments, I never, I didn't watch this live, um, but after, after Norm died, I started watching a bunch of his old clips and interviews and um, stuff that he had done, and uh, he was on The View back in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, and uh, back when all the – um, view ladies were um, different. Let me just put it that way. And Barbara Walters, yeah, yeah. Barbara Walters, but he still had Whoopi and you know, and I'm a uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Anyways, um, and and on the view, he just he just like it. It almost comes it comes off random. Um, at least the clip I saw, he just comes right into it and says, "Man, we need to get that murderer out of the White House." He's referring to Bill Clinton, right? And and every like the all the girls are like, what did you just say? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we need to get that murderer out of the White House. And they're like, no, no, we're not going to have that conversation here. He's like, what? We got a murderer in the White House, you know? Like, repeat it again. And then uh, eventually, like the girls are telling him to stop. He said, this, they, they're all like, this is live TV. We don't, we aren't going to have this discussion on the show. Um, uh, Barbara Walters walks up. And I think puts his puts her hand on his mouth, like basically like stop it, and goes sits back down, and everyone's trying to laugh it all off, and then Norm says, "Well, he's at least manslaughter." (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, it was just like he thrived off like the um, uh, what I say earlier, um, the awkward. Like Mm -hmm. he, I mean, that's where he delivered. And and he'd make the situation awkward, and then he would just have fun with it, uh, right. and everything. And that's what he did on on the View and everything. So with with that said, um, what, what's our what's our top ten, John? Here, what what's, what are we calling this top ten? Well, I, we have we're going to do a tribute to Norm Macdonald, and so I have compiled um, some of some of Norm's best jokes. It's really hard to narrow it down. Because I'm a huge Norm Macdonald fan, and so just about everything that he does, I think, should be on the list, but we don't have time for that. But I compiled a list of some of Norm's jokes. So these are all Norm Macdonald jokes. I don't want anybody to get the, uh, the Ed Litton idea. The false impression that the, I did. The, the yeah. Ed Litton idea. <laughs> right. I don't third? want you to think that either I or Ed Litton are responsible for these <laughs> jokes. It is all Norm Macdonald. 
That's uh, great. And I'm going to try to do the thing about Norm is that he has a sort of a cadence and he's got a way of he's from Canada and he kind of had a sort of an offbeat, you know, and he would say, you know, a lot. And he would he was set it up and he, you know, you know, he always had a little dimple, you know, he's always yeah. kind of grinning. And so I'm going to try to do I'm going to try to do this like Norm would do them. I'm going to try to do okay. his cadence um, because uh, that's how I always hear it in my head. So he goes. So the other day I tell my wife. When I look in the mirror, I only see an old fat man, and I need you to make me feel better about myself. And so she says, "Well, you have perfect eyesight." <laughs> that's it. That's all you got, yeah. buddy. You should yeah, feel better it. about your eyesight. <laughs> you can feel better. You see uh, things you really know, well can... that you're fat. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Jackson married Le- Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis's daughter. Uh, back in the in the 90s and so norm was all over that and he goes you know many people are skeptical about the marriage you know of michael jackson and lisa marie presley you know they say well lisa marie is more of a sit-at-home type while michael jackson is more of a homosexual pedophile <laughs> is that is that a type yeah <laughs> that was that's what people were saying they were concerned about the union uh <laughs> Now he says, uh, regarding the war on terror, I think fighting in the Middle East seems a little crazy. Uh, I would have started with our nation's haunted houses. <laughs> you know, in the war on terror. Yeah, yeah. He's he's terrified of houses of com- of uh yeah Halloween houses. Now he has a he has a disease of alcoholism. Uh, you know, and he came to me and he told me, and I'm the kind of guy who likes to look on the bright side of things. And so I told him, I said, Richie, it's true that you have a disease and everything, but I think you've got the best one. Because <laughs> he could drink. <laughs> right. It's a great disease to have. You get to get drunk. Uh, I, wouldn't call my, I wouldn't call myself a fan of steampunk, uh, but I will say that it's the healthiest way to prepare a punk. You have to explain that one to me. Steampunk? Yeah. Steampunk is a is a sort of a fashion. It's a uh, it's it's a lot of heavy gears and uh, and mechanisms. It's a, it's a whole like if you look up steampunk, okay. you'll find a whole bunch of different fashions wow. and things like that. And wow. so he says, well, it's a the healthiest way to prepare a punk. Taking steam, steam uh, is like literally steaming vegetables. Okay, got it. Right. Got it. My bad. Norm's, Norm's not for everybody. Um, I just got back from New York. Uh, you ever been there? There's a big gay parade going on there when I was there, and I'd never been to one of them. And I like a parade. I always, always like a parade. And so I got there, and it turns out it's just a bunch of gay guys. <laughs> yeah, that's no parade. That is no yeah, parade. That is typical Norm McDonald. That's good. Uh, ID is a funny abbreviation. ID is a is a funny abbreviation. The I stands for I, and D stands for identification. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good, Norm, right there. Uh, he goes. I endorse podiums. That's a product I can stand behind. Ah, uh, that's uh, good. That's good. He's, he's yep. Also, got I. I signed up for my company's four hundred one k, but. I don't think I can run that far. <laughs> no, you, no one wants to run a 401k. 
Uh, all right, I got a couple more here. Can we, do, can we do a couple more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're over 10. But uh, uh, when I was a child, they told me the children are the future. Uh, then I grew up, and now they're saying it's actually these new children. Uh, I know a Ponzi scheme when I see one. <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's uh, Norm doesn't get the covenant. No, <laughs> he wasn't a Presbyterian. No, he well he was. I think he was a Christian. Yeah, I, that's level. what I that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, "No." Anyway, he goes. I feel the same way about slaves as I do shirts with flame patterns on them. I don't want to be friends with anyone who owns either of them. <laughs> oh, man. Well, see, you can see how these jokes now yeah. would be. I mean, he would get into so much trouble yeah. for just mentioning slaves and yeah. homosexuals. Yeah. and, and um, All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right, well, we'll end with we'll end with this one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> The city of Las Vegas has a gigantic Ferris wheel that's drawing huge crowds. Also drawing crowds to Las Vegas, whores. Oh no, <laughs> Norm. Pointing out, pointing out the the grotesque obvious. Uh huh. But it's true. Yeah. Wow. How many always has to be true, Gabe? And if it's true, <laughs> hey, it got Lamar Odom there. Yep. Ooh. So he's he's a guy who was uh, considered by many to be one of the greatest stand-ups um, ever because he was so unique and he was so edgy. Right. Um, there's a it, the uniqueness goes a long way in stand-up. Yeah. And uh, and Norm did say at one point in recent years, um, I may not get the quote exactly right, but it was uh, the smart man, and he put smart in quotes. A smart man will say that there are no miracles, but I say everything is a miracle. Right. You know, Norm was uh, a judge on a comedian comedy show. I forget what the name of the comedy show was, but he was, you know. One last of, Comic Standing. Last Comic Standing. So he's one of the three judges, uh, three-judge panel. Yep. And uh, this gay comedian came out and mm-hmm. started doing stand-up, and he started making fun of the Bible. Yep. Um, and, like, he even, like, referenced the, the – he referenced – a quote and uh, connected it to the wrong Bible verse. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then they went to judge him. And I, th- I forget who, who was it was Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. Yeah. She said, she said, Oh, you're a brave comic. That's a brave bit. You said there, you know, um, basically kind of referring to like, Oh man, you're brave if you're making fun of the Bible. Right. And, and Norm was like, no, I don't think that's brave at all. Yeah. I don't think you're a brave comedian. I don't think making fun of the Bible is a brave, thing uh, you know just like and and he was right because he actually yeah. you know the culture had permission to make fun of the bible so there's nothing being brave about that um right. but it was kind of cool for norm to kind of kind of see norm and see where some of his convictions were by saying that yeah he was super bold because the last comic standing was a huge show at the time and roseanne Barr was a, a big deal and one of the wayans brothers was the other um was the other yeah. uh judge and yeah both of them were like oh it's so good and roseanne went overboard saying talking about how brave it was and norm just shut it all down he goes i don't think it's brave at all he said i don't think i think if you're going to make fun of an entire religion you should know what you're talking about and uh yeah he just he 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 just shut the whole thing down and he was exactly right 
they did an interview with him in one of the magazines and he followed up on that a little bit. And okay. he said, he, he said, well, if the guy had come out and said, I'm a born again Christian and my faith is in Jesus, then I would have said, holy cow, that is a brave guy to come out on wow. natural television on nationwide television and admit to being a Christian wow. that takes, you know, some cojones, right. but to make fun of the Bible, everybody's doing that. Right. There's no, there's nothing brave there. Well, especially a gay guy would make fun of the, I mean, like there's just, that's just what that gay guy would do would be make fun of the scriptures. You're, you're right. gay. You're contrary to the Bible. Um, right. So there's nothing, nothing brave about that. Hey, we're going to bring in uh, Robert Bortons. Robert Bortons, uh, he's going to come and talk about StopTheVaxMandate.com. StopTheVaxVax is spelled V-A-X-X. So StopTheVaxMandate.com, two X's, StopTheVaxMandate.com. So uh, enjoy that interview, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Water Break. It's good to be with you. And, of course, sidekick John Brannion. He's here. He's still here. You're still here. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. We also have the good fortune of having uh, CEO Robert Bortons of Classical Conversations, you know, corporate sponsor of our show. And uh, he is okay. kind of getting into a, a, I think, in a very important project uh, that you guys need to know about. Um, uh, first off, uh, Robert, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Waterboy. Yes, sir. John, nice to meet you. You too. So, um, if I, I mean, if you aren't reading the news and you don't know what's going on, you got different problems. And if you're reading the news, and you know what's going on. You got you got other problems. Um, you, you know, Robert, in our state, I know that um, uh, nurses are now getting fired at our hospitals here in Idaho, conservative state, because they didn't vaccinate and then there was a deadline for them not vaccinating robert bortons is working on a website called stop the vax mandate.com stop the vax mandate.com and robert why did why did you get i mean your classical conversations man why are you getting into this yeah i mean this is a personal project uh one of the things if you're not like aware of the news Biden a few days ago or a week ago maybe uh, came on and said that employers with over 100 uh, employees are going to need to uh, get their employees vaccinated or pay for them to be tested on a weekly basis. Hmm. Um, and uh, we have over 100, and uh, we do not plan on complying. And uh, the best time to fight is before the uh, really the rules are out there to make sure that uh, there's a big uproar against them and maybe they don't get implemented at all because Biden actually can't um, do that. He's trying to use the power of OSHA right. and the Department of Labor, and so they're going to come out with some rules. Um, then businesses uh, our size and bigger are going to have uh, 60 to 90 days um, to uh, be in compliance or face fines and then of course federal employees are already under these um illegal mandates right and so i mean part of fight laugh feast is the fight part that's right and uh you know this is part of that fight is uh standing up early and uh continuing to do so i mean you were arrested what about a year ago a year and a day ago a year ago today today a year ago today <laughs> this yep. is the anniversary it is we're celebrating 
made a cake. celebrating. So, um, you know firsthand about how government overreach uh, can affect uh, individuals, especially individuals with disabilities. I know you have a hearing disability and you're not even <laughs> right. subjugated to the mask laws because of that, but uh, the government was breaking their own rules. Right. Uh, so I think it's important to stand up. A lot of people don't know what to do, don't know how to stand up because we're so used to being told what to do and being in compliance. That's why it's so important to get your kids out of government schools because that's just 12 years of teaching children that uh, the government says and knows best. And of that's course, right. We know that's not the fact. So we've got uh, 10 ways to push back how to organize in your business to push back early against these rules, as well as um, example religious exemption waivers, whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian. We've got uh, all three on the website as well. After you sign the petition and share it, uh, those will be made available to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, you can also catch us on Instagram and uh, we're just going to be sharing a lot of different ways for us to push back because um, it's, it's important to do so. Okay. So real, real quick, walk me, you said you got 10 ways that you're going to help employers or stop the vax mandate.com will help employers kind of push back. Uh, Let's walk through those. What, what are the 10 ways? We love top 10 list. (laughs) This is is his top 10 list, huh, John? Yeah. (laughs) So this is for employees. Um, you know, I'm going to come up with another list later for employers who are in our position. But for employees, I mean, the first thing to do is really be in a position to be prepared financially uh, to be able to make tough decisions. So, you know, begin now. Um, if you think you're going to have 60 or 90 days until you're possibly out of a job, um, just cut out those unneeded bills, you know, whether it's Netflix uh, Disney Plus, uh, you know, making sure that you're starting a nest egg now. So that's really the first thing that you're going to need to do as an individual is to make sure that you're in a position to um, be able to live out your values. Mm-hmm. The second goal really to do, and this is to form a coalition at work. Um, there's safety in numbers. You know, this isn't for no. people who are not vaccinated or who are vaccinated. These, are, This is a discussion about personal freedom and liberty, as well as being able to um, just say, trust the science. The science shows that if you've recovered from COVID-19, you're somewhere between 16 and 19 times uh, less likely to get a right. uh, one of these breakthroughs than the vaccination. So it's not, they're not even following their own science. Um, but for, form a coalition at work, even if it's just two or three of you, and begin discussing with your HR department and uh, your manager now before they've set rules, mm-hmm. um, your vaccine hesitancy or just your hesitancy uh, to have these mandates um, and make sure that uh, they know that uh, you're willing to take a stand early. So the earlier um, you can form a coalition, uh, you know, the more uh, power that you're going to have as a group. And so that's going to be, you know, the second thing to do is form that coalition okay. at work. Yep. Number the three. The third thing is, a lot of people saw Biden said something and think those rules are in place right now. That is not the case. Right. OSHA is writing the rules. And then, like I said, typically there's going to be a 60 to 90 day window after those rules get released. Right. There'll be uh, 26 states, I think, are going to sue them right off the bat. Right. Um, besides, there will probably be some business groups that sue them as well. Right. So these, th- this is not a law. 
Right. Um, this executive order is not in effect right now. Right. So even if your workplace is considering these, urge them to wait until the rules in place. Right. Uh, do, no push back. You know they do not have to put this law out there, uh, rules out there right now. Um, so push back. You know, urging right. them to wait to see what the rules are before making a determination. Again, you're going to do that through um, our fourth point, which is respectful communication uh, with your boss and HR and letting them know your position. Mm -hmm. Um, It's super helpful if it is someone who uh, may have decided to get vaccinated, Mm -hmm. who may be in your um, uh, freedom group uh, that we're encouraging you to form um, because they have less likely uh, to be have blowback and reprisals um, because they are within uh, compliance. Um, But, you know, find someone to respectfully uh, voice your concern, get people to sign onto your uh, petitions there at work. Okay. Number five. Number five, uh, update your resume. <laughs> and uh, I would start applying for jobs right away um, and make sure when you're, there's 10, there, I think there's 10 million, 10.2 million job openings right, right now. Um, you know, I go by restaurants all the time that can't find people. I know we're about to try to hire, you know, f- I think five or six more people here wow. yeah. in our office, um, you know, as you're applying for jobs, you know, people are looking, yeah. you know, make sure the HR department knows that you are not going to a place that's going to be enforcing vaccine mandates. Right. Because one, you don't want to leave one toxic workforce for another toxic workplace. Um, and two, that's going to put pressure on those uh, places uh, who, who want to hire those HR departments who are trying to hire people yeah. to like, Hey, we've got these good candidates, but they're not going to work for us if we, have a vaccine mandate that'll put pressure on those companies where you don't work for. That's to right. Not adopt these rules. John, this is not a very funny top 10, is it? Uh, well, I'm, I'm biting my tongue because I'm letting Robert speak. <laughs> I, I did have a question. Is it, is it possible Robert to be respectful and refer to your employer as a panty waste or is that, <laughs> does that automatically make it disrespectful? I, you know, um, you might wait till you're on the way out <laughs> to say that. <laughs> All right, I'm writing that down. John, are you um, on your way out? <laughs> I, I'm but, unhirable. Uh, I am absolutely unhirable at this point. So, yeah, I'm asking for a friend. There you go. Uh, number six, email your attorney general. Uh, these are the ones in the 26 states that are going to be leading these fights. Uh, one, if your attorney general is one of the ones that's going to be suing, you know, let them know that you have their back because right now they're standing in the gap for you. Um, and if it's not, you know, they are elected officials. Um, they probably don't get a whole lot of comments um, from the citizens of their state. I know in North Carolina, uh, we're pretty red, but we've got a blue governor and a blue attorney general. But I still sent both of them letters um, encouraging them to fight back against these uh, mandates yep. uh, because they are Democrats. You know, I did let them know that these mandates are system part of the system racism in this country nice. um, because it falls on minorities, especially blacks who have historically been mistreated through uh, medical, That's right. uh, different medical things throughout the year, such as the Tuskegee experiment. experiment. 
um, in that this is negatively affecting African Americans in our uh, country more than it is anybody else. Despite yep. what they, they got a better, media, they got a better memory on the Tuskegee Trump. stuff. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, you know, think about what might be important to these individuals and try to take it from that standpoint, not necessarily your personal standpoint. Okay. Um, seven, uh, which is, uh, be honest with your company about the stress that the mandate is putting on your productivity. Because if you're stressed about your job, you know, you might not be getting your work done. Um, one of the things that they're trying to do is say, if you get fired from your job because you won't get the jab, that you're not eligible for unemployment. I'm not saying unemployment's a good or bad thing, but if they fire you because you haven't done your work in say two or three months, um, well, you're eligible for unemployment. So, right. Uh, but if you just let them know that you might need some, uh, personal health days because of the stress that this is putting on you, um, then, uh, you know, that's another way to push back against your boss. Yeah. Uh, number eight, and I think this one's, um, the hardest, you know, there are religious exemptions available. Um, but if you're not a person who lives out your faith consistently, um, your exemption could, and probably should be denied. Um, so start today, living out your faith consistently, Mm -hmm. living your values consistently, standing up for them, because the more that you have that in your background, um, the more that they're going to have to respect what you say and what you do, Mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, we're called as Christians to, you know, live out our faith, um, consistently. So that's number eight. And you said, do you have a religious exemption on stopthevaxmandate.com website that people could kind of copy? Yep. So we have examples for Jews, Muslims, and Christians, as well as for pastors and, uh, a, you know, a Catholic priest, uh, in order to help us, you know, really give, um, depth to that. So if you can get your pastor to sign the letter as well as, uh, you yourself sign a letter, uh-huh. um, and bring those, that's going to give you a little bit stronger of a case than and, and so how do they do that? Them. They actually have to sign up on the website with their email address to be able to get access uh, yeah, to Yeah, so those? you'll put your name and email address in, sign yeah. the uh, uh, sign the petition, yep. and then um, share. And when you push share, then because uh, we want to spread the information, you can share it right. by email, LinkedIn, right. Facebook, Twitter, you know, Pinterest, whatever your favorite platform is. Okay. Then you'll have access to uh, download okay. uh, those different religious exemptions. Okay. Um, nine, uh, you know, also write your congressman, your state representative and your sheriff, um, you know, remind them that they're elected officials with jobs to do and their job is, um, you know, the constitution, that's what they pledge to, uh, they don't pledge, uh, fidelity to the president of the United States or to OSHA. Um, so, you know, it's their responsibility as lesser magistrates to stand in the gap for you. And, um, you know, a lot of them don't have the spine. They might agree that these mandates are overreach, but they don't have the spine to stand up. So we have to stand up behind them and uh, make sure that they are standing up for our rights. Okay. And then um, as of the Veritas Project, you know, they've been releasing some uh, behind-the-scenes videos. Um, um, They say, be brave. Uh, You know, it's going to take all of us to be brave, to remember that you're in the right uh, that you have uh, your body, your choice, um, as they like to say, uh, <laughs> that they do not have um, control over what you put into your body. You have control over your medical decisions. 
Um, but you're going to have to stand up and that's going to mean that you're going to have to be brave because there'll be plenty of people who call you all nasty names like grandma killer and et cetera. Right. Um, but know that uh, you're in the right. Uh, and um, it's just going to take all of us being brave and standing up. So what do you think the basically legal timeline is uh, for all this? It sounds like the you know states are going to be suing. It sounds like these, you know, OSHA, uh, regulations might not really go into effect for another, you know, or a year or, or whatever that timeline is. Yes. Yeah, so I emailed our lawyer legal team and um, they basically emailed back saying what the president's most likely trying to do is give cover uh, to these businesses um, and these hospitals. Like you said, we've got hospitals firing nurses right. who've been busting their butt for 18 months. Right. Um, Many of who've caught COVID and have come back and they're completely, like I said, they have the antibodies, but they're no longer allowed to work. They're getting fired. Yep. So he's trying to provide cover uh, so that these big businesses can fire people. Um, realistically, you know, praise the Lord that uh, bureaucrats work really slowly. Um, you know, it could be by the end of this month or maybe by the end of next month, the Department of Labor might have something out. Um, and then you're talking probably December, January type time frame and before it really kicks into gear. But won't even these um, lawsuits so, like um, kind of push off the um, implementation of it? Yeah. So if the lawsuits more than likely, um, they'll there's multiple ways this, these lawsuits can go. Most, most likely the OSHA th- rules will come into play. One of these lawsuits will go in front of a judge who's favorable to, to it. Then there will be a stay in the ruling so that the OSHA rules cannot come into effect. Um, and then it may or may not go uh, to the Supreme Court uh, right. in an emergency ruling. Um, right. It's unlikely that uh, it will pass the rules of the court. Um, you know, this is even Democrats agree that this is unlikely um, to be legal, which, you know, you elect people to hopefully follow the constitution and the law and try to put in laws that are legal. Um, they've openly admitted that these are not likely to pass and this is a workaround. Um, so, uh, yeah, so unlikely it's unlikely that these will ever come into play. If it doesn't come into play and you did get fired by your organization, it's, you know, I'm not sure if you would be able to sue them for back wages or anything right. like that. And, right. You know, there's, of course, the argument, you know, should Christians sue or not should sue um, as well. But the best thing that we can do now is, you know, form groups, um, petition our representatives who are elected, um, petition our places of work, mm-hmm. and uh, get ourselves ready to move to a business that will um, respect our bodily autonomy. Right. What, uh, so what do you expect with the Stop the Vax Mandate? Dot com. What are your goals from it? What are you What are you trying to do um, uh, around it? One, we're just trying to inspire people uh, to find other like-minded people to fight back. Uh, we've got to organize um, uh, just in case things don't go like uh, we think they will. Um, we've got to be able to, um, you know, put in front of elected officials, you know, maybe a million names of individuals Mm. who are um, against the mandate uh, because that's something that can be powerful. That's something that can give them, like you said, the people on the sideline who may agree with us, but don't have the backbone because 
They're more concerned about getting reelected and what CNN says about them than doing what's right. right. You know, we can help provide them a backbone to stand up right. um, as well as uh, just um, businesses care about money and making a profit. Yeah. And if uh, more of us stand up and they see that they're going to get crushed, that they're going to have even more job openings um, and that their business and bottom line is going to suffer, yep. uh, then they'll start pushing back against this rule too. That's right. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, our, my, our goal is just to organize and inspire people uh, to stand up for their God-given liberties and rights. John, what kind of CEO um, – wants to force his employees to get vaccinated <laughs> an evil one <laughs> like the guys the guys in the uh, movies who want to who want to blow up the earth just because just because they're wicked those are the sort of people that force their employees to get vaccinated pinky in the brain in the brain yeah pinky <laughs> in the brain cartoon characters would be good you know candidates lots of vaccine mandates like I said, it's this isn't a vaccine or not vaccine. It's about freedom of health. And if right. you work for someone who thinks that they can mandate what goes into your body, I mean, why would you want to work for these people? No. Yeah. Um, this is right. a great opportunity to um, maybe this is the push you need to start your own business. That's right. Um, to uh, figure out uh, what you really want to do when you grow up. So to live out your faith consistently. Maybe this will be the push to do that. Ooh. Some of us have been, you know, waiting for an opportunity, waiting for a reason to live out our faith consistently. And maybe this is, <laughs> is a reason to do that. Um, oh, oh, now, practically speaking, Robert, this is, this is a thought that occurred to me while you were talking that um, it's going to, I think, help me be brave. Practically speaking, even if the law goes into effect, um, it's kind of like the speed limit. You know, when you're driving, the only time the speed limit really is something that you have to worry about is when there's a policeman within radar range. Is that not correct? <laughs> and so if if you've got this, you've got this law that you're supposed to comply with, um, and unless they're actually standing there with handcuffs getting ready to escort you out of your of your job, you can kind of ignore it, right? Yeah, I mean, what they're trying to do is, put big fines on employers uh, for, for if you don't comply. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily uh, there, there's a big push to let felons vote. So, uh, you know, if they do arrest me, I'll, I'll still be at a vote. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, and reali realistically, I don't know how any of this is enforceable, but I mean, we haven't had any logic dictating our policy for 18 months. So, you know, why would we expect, um, mm no logic to dictate it now. Right. All right, Robert, any, any last uh, words that you want people to know about? Yeah. Fight, laugh, feast. You know, this is a time for fighting and fighting is yeah. fun. Uh, go to www.stopthevaxmandate.com. That's stop the vax, V a X X mandate.com. Sign the petition, share it. Uh, let's fight this thing together and let's go win. That's great. Thank you, Robert, man. Always good to be with you. Good to see you. Uh, everybody, make sure you go to Stop the Vax. That's double X, V-A-X-X, StopTheVaxMandate.com. Sign the petition. I just did. I just shared it. And uh, let's help Let's help with this fight. Until next time, John, always good to be with you, too. Go love God and fight, laugh, and feast.